Thank you very much, Steve. Um, it's a privilege to be part of a, a Christian community where we, we know and taste um, God's grace. And uh, as a response to that, we, we pray. Jesus went through um, Galilee, um, calling people to repentance, and uh, he quoted among the many passages from the Old Testament that he quoted, one from Joel, Joel 2.32, which says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And uh, this morning, I thought it would be lovely to hear um, a word of testimony from some of the people who pray. There's lots of people who pray in lots of different ways in this fellowship. I haven't personally been to the, the women's breakfast. Um, I'm told it's a really great time. Um, if any men would like to join me for breakfast, although I have to say it's likely to be of the continental variety, um, then do kick me in the shins afterwards and uh, we'll sort something out. So I'd like to invite... Um, I, I've, I've uh, collared... Half a dozen people who come to all sorts of things that we do and invited them to speak uh, for a minute or two about some of their experiences with God in the process of praying. And our prayer for us as a fellowship this morning is that we will um, taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, Jill spoke uh, one Sunday morning last year and uh, she quoted um, uh, a very profound saying by an obscure tribe somewhere in Papua New Guinea, if I remember right, that says, knowledge is a rumor until it lives in the muscle. Knowledge is a rumor until we live, until it lives in the muscle. And it's the idea that uh, we can know about stuff, but until we do it, until it gets translated into our muscular activity, it's kind of academic. And so this morning, we're not going to talk about prayer. We're going to hear from people as to their experiences of it. Um, and then a little later, uh, we're going to play some music and invite you to take some time both to reflect uh, on your relationship with God and also to praise and to thank God for his grace to us. So Simon, come forth wherever you are. So if I could ask all the other people who are going to join in, if they could make their way down to the front. Sorry, just one last thing. Um, there's a lot to be said about prayer, and so what I've done is I've put together a study which, can, which brings together all of Jesus' teaching on prayer and all of the examples when Jesus prayed. Um, and if you'd like a copy of that, there's half a dozen here, or you can get an e-copy from me afterwards. Thanks. Simon. Um, so I've only got two minutes, so I'll go very fast. But um, I tried to work out what prayer means to me, and it sort of started from how I pray. Um, I'm somebody who, if I sat down for half an hour in silence, I think it's, it's a struggle for me because I find that the world gets in the way and I start thinking about everything else I want to do and what I'm going to wear and what I'm going to eat and all that sort of thing. Um, so I do sometimes have time of silence and it's always at the beginning of the, my day. Um, I always try and pray at the beginning of the day. That for me works because I find that the day gets in the way otherwise. So if I can do it at the beginning of the day, I've done it and that's that sorted and then that gives me a good setup for the rest of the day. But I find that actually um, getting out of the house and doing it in either at the office or sometimes I, I pray quite a lot on the bus on the way to work because after a while you can block out all the noise and sometimes it's really useful to block out the noise and actually have your own time. But I find that also sometimes it's quite valuable to actually embrace the noise around you and to hear community and that actually is an inspiration for prayer. And I find that sitting on the top deck of the bus listening to different languages and different communities and children and what's going on in people's lives actually is a good, is a good, as I say, stimulus for why, for something to pray about. It's also quite useful for me because my journey to work goes past uh, Houses of Parliament and goes past, uh, the sh well, I see the Shard because I go across Waterloo Bridge. So there's a lot of things there that really give me good inspiration for prayer. You know, 
the Shard and the Gherkin and all of that I see is sort of the business end of, of London and that always gives me something to think about and to pray through. But also seeing Houses of Parliament and more recently the Westminster Bridge, you know, there's a lot of stuff there that actually gives us different uh, topics to, to, to consider. So I guess that's a way I pray, but what prayer means to me varies by the week, I guess. Um, it's a time, a lot of the time, it's a time of giving thanks. I use a lot of my prayer time to actually give thanks because not only if you start like that, I find, I find that then minimizes the problems you've got in life when you start thinking about all the issues that you may be going through at the time. If you spent five minutes actually embracing how many blessings you have in life, actually the problems then sort of minimize and the importance sometimes is not quite so grave. Um, so that I find quite useful. But... Um, I find it a time of sometimes it's a time where I hear God and sometimes it's absolutely not. It's a time of, you know, grey and you don't hear anything and you think, actually, that's not hugely valuable. But, um, but then it comes at another time during the day. So, yeah, that's my two-minute experience of prayer. Azariah. This is Azariah, just in case you don't know him. He's a lovely man. Thank you. Morning, all. Well, my idea of prayer, get up in the morning, uh, open a tablet, and uh, first for the day, it's my first start. Leaving the house, um, may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. And I'm out for the day. And through my life, most of the things that I've been through, uh, I thank God for it. And um, I've got a chapter. It's Matthew 26. And it's from verse 36 to 46. But I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'll just say what Jesus said. He took his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he asked them to wait here and watch with him while he go over there and pray. When he returned to them, they was asleep. And he said to them, couldn't you men wait with me or watch with me for a minute? Or, well, or one hour. And he said, I know that your spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. We're all weak um, as human. What is impossible for us is possible for God. The second time he went away and come back and found him asleep again. And he says, I know, yes. But what I said to my father is, if it's possible that this cup to be taken from me, but not my will, but yours, he said. And he went away and prayed the same thing, but said to his father this time, Father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken from me, let your will be done. And here he gave it up. So my way of prayer now is to say, thank you, Jesus, for all you've done for us. You shed your life, you gave your life, you shed the blood, for us, and we thank you. Sorry for the fumbling. But Father, I will not give up 
I will continue to pray of all I've been through, and I give thanks. Uh, got another verse I would like to say. So much in me. Prayer for me is when we pray, we communicate with our Heavenly Father, who through prayer we use to thank Him and to pray for our leaders, our world, and the country that we're living in. And pray that the leaders will rule with equity, truth, and justice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is Agaga. Morning, everybody. Um, as um, Azariah rightly said, praying is about communicating with God. Um, most of us find it difficult to pray simply because we don't know what to say. But if we take it as speaking to God, as you would speak to a friend, then it makes um, life easier. There's many aspects of prayers. Speaking to God, praising God, and asking for healing. So I'd just like to talk to you this morning about healing. And I'm going to give a testimony about my uncle um, about three weeks ago. So about three weeks ago, we were called um, from St. Thomas's Hospital about my uncle to say, we must rush to the hospital. He's critically ill in intensive care. This is somebody that we saw on the Saturday, eating, drinking, dancing, doing his, his business. On the Sunday, he was taken into hospital. And on the Monday night, we were called to say, this is it. This is the last moments of his life. Come and say your farewell. So we rushed to the hospital, myself, the daughter, and another cousin of us. When we got there now, they said to me, oh, there's nothing to be done. We're going to switch everything off now. We're not going to treat him. No more antibiotics, no nothing. So I said to the um, doctor, is he breathing? Yes. Is he awake? Yes. So I said, well continue the treatment then, because as long as he's breathing and he's alive, then we have hope. So anyway, just to comply with, with, with um, his wishes, my uncle's wishes, he wanted the last rites, because he's from the Catholic faith. So we called the priests who came, gave him the last rites, blessed him, anointed him with holy water, and anointed him with healing oil, and we said our goodbye, stayed there till morning, and thought, oh, well, this is it. But obviously, we, uh, from a, a, a faithful background, and we got in touch with all our family and friends, and we started praying for him. So from all over the world, from America, from the north, the west, the east, the south, we prayed for him that God would take control and do his works for him. We also brought it to the um, prayer group two weeks ago 
it was prayer meeting in the evening, and everybody, you know, prayed for him as well. So just to cut a long story short, because it is a, a very long story, today, not only is he eating, he's sitting up, he's drinking, he's walking, and he's saying to the doctors, when can I go home? So he is, hopefully will be discharged on Wednesday. Obviously, he's not out of the woods. We're still continuing to pray for him, and we just leave everything in God's hands. And I just want to read a little bit here from James chapter 5, verses 13 to 15. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So just to conclude, pray without ceasing. Nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing is too good, difficult for our Lord. And it's not over until God says it's over. Thank you, Akiko. Kisawa. Morning, everyone. Yeah. Um, so prayer. One might ask, why do you pray? I say I pray because Jesus taught us to pray. I say I pray because it's my direct communication to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, call me and I'll answer you. One again might ask, does God always answer? I would say yes. They might have raised eyebrows. I say yes because sometimes the answer comes and is yes. Sometimes the answer will come, but it will be no, not yet. Be patient, wait. Or sometimes it's an emphatic no. It is still an answer. One might ask also, does prayer affect anything? I would say yes. God is still in the business of miracles. Again, the testimony I'm going to give is about healing. And I choose that particularly because some of you might remember that sometime last year, around this time, my brother was gravely sick. And some of you actually prayed with me. Some prayed for him. The prayer groups prayed. The whole family also prayed. And I'm glad to say that he's actually had a healing that can only be described as a miracle. His healing has actually defied all medical understanding. He stand all prognosis on his head and made a nonsense of everything that was actually prescribed. He's a man of faith. So he also prayed. And God delivered. God is able. Same yesterday, same today, same tomorrow. But then somebody might also ask, why, doesn't, why didn't God heal your other cousin who was sick? And all I can say is that we cannot make uh, demands or we cannot prescribe for God. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's God who sees all. He has a bigger picture. 
and we cannot tell him what to do. But it's to remember to thank him in all things, even though it's not always easy. At that moment, I found it very difficult when I was praying for my cousin to say, thy will be done. I will not stand here and pontificate. It was not difficult. It was not easy, excuse me, because I knew that if the answer was no, I was going to be very disappointed. And yet, the answer was no, and it was God's answer. Now, when I come to the throne of grace with my petition, I come as an heir with confidence, but also with humility. But when I have had my prayer answered, do I go back with the same vigor to say thank you? Not always. I think sometimes we all fall short, and I do. In Luke, we, hear, we see where Jesus says, I healed ten lepers. Where are the other nine? So we have to remember to thank God. You're winding me up. Okay. So, I finished now. Okay. <laughs> remember to thank God for what he's done. It's very important. Thank you, Keswa. Judith. As far as I can remember, I've been a Christian like since I was 23. I'm in my 50s now, and um, I've always believed in prayer because uh, maybe from my background, my I was raised um, in a family of 11. <laughs> I was raised in a family of 11. My mom and dad and 11 children, and um, always seeing her praying and seeing great results. And so it was very easy for me to be that way when I turned to Christ. Um, Two years ago, you know, uh, two years ago, my mom was dying. Um, she suffered from four heart attacks and two strokes. And uh, they called the bereavement counselor and the priest of the hospital to give her a last rites. And I came to Kasua um, because so very often we in charge. You, you, you know, I'm very passionate about prayer, and it's very difficult um, to find people who are, have the same passion. And I found that in Cassia, and um, I went to her and, and was so desperate, and she prayed for a miracle, and God gave us a miracle, and my mom is, is just miraculous that the doctors are amazed um, at how, what happened, because she just came back to life. She, she was dying, and she came back to life, and, and walking, talking, and, and had to home now, and so we praise God for that. So um, I would like to end with a with Ephesians uh, uh, 4, verse 6. I'm a very anxious person, and although I believe in prayer, sometimes it's, you know, the faith is not there. And so I find um, f finding people with the same convictions, um, like Kasua and other people in the church and our prayer group um, here, um, I find a lot of comfort in that. And so I run to those people and, and, uh, um, when, when I'm desperate and I'm anxious and I don't have faith but want to see a miracle. And Ephesians uh, 4 verse 6 reminds us that do not be anxious about anything, but in, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present our request to God. So we're reminded to do that. And if you don't have the faith to do it on your own, fine, come to our group, our prayer group here. <laughs> Lucy. Hello. 
was brought up very much taught um, about the power of intercessory prayer to pray for um, our world and the, our communities and the people around us. And I still do that. I think it's really important to hold the people that we love and the events in our world in prayer. But in recent years, I've found a different prayer on my lips that I find so helpful, which is those words, more of you, God, and less of me. And I think what I find helpful in that is that I know that I am so easily influenced by the world and I start to wonder about where my worth lies and where my purpose lies and what's important. But in prayer, when I petition the Lord to have more of him and less of me, I feel myself realigned with his calling for my life. And an example of this is last week I was in Scarborough at a little church conference and I spent the week with a bunch of my peers and ironically even though we were praising the Lord every day I found it really difficult and we all became quite competitive we went to get manicures and everyone else's was better than mine and um, everyone was posting beautiful Instagrams of the peer and um, I found myself suddenly so distant from the Lord so I took myself away for an hour and I climbed up to Scarborough Castle and I sat for an hour and um, simply prayed Lord more of you and less of me. And um, in that prayer, I feel like I'm a compass and I return to true north. And I'm reminded that my value um, is in the fact that I'm a daughter of Christ. And my purpose is to love God and love other people. So that's prayer for me, that realigning with God's purpose for my life. Let's, let's spend a little time praying, shall we? Uh, Gareth and I are just going to play some music. Um, and let's just bring our lives uh, before God. And uh, Father God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your unique um, patterning of each person here. The fact that each of us has a unique iris in our eye, a unique fingerprint, a unique voice. And Father God, we open our hearts to you. Pray for your grace. We pray we might know it more deeply. And uh, forgive us for all of the things that we interpose between ourselves and you. And uh, we pray we might hear the voice of your Holy Spirit speaking to us every day more clearly. In Jesus' name.